Tonight is a different night in the Christian tradition as we gather together on Monday, Thursday to celebrate that Passover meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. Tonight is different because tonight we recognize and celebrate the story of God's salvation. On the fifth day of Holy Week, which we call Monday, Thursday, we come to remember the last meal that Jesus shared with his disciples. This began like any other ordinary Passover, which we just heard about in the Exodus passage. But during the dinner, Jesus took two elements which were on the table and made something new, a new covenant with the disciples. And so we remember that part of the event often in our services. We celebrate almost every week in Ascension Holy Communion. But how often do we celebrate it around an actual table? Isn't there something so special about seeing a table that's been set just for you? We wanted this to feel like maybe a modern version of what the upper room could have been like. So I want you to transport yourself there as we talk about what some of these foods are and what it would mean to gather around this table. I mean, think about all the times we gather together around the table with family and friends. Think about Thanksgiving, or potlucks, or Christmas morning, Easter after church, birthday celebrations, graduations. All of these things are filled with memories, and there are layers on top of layers of those memories. A lot of them are joyous occasions, and we remember the traditions, the people who were there. But over time, if the traditions have to change, or if we notice a chair that was once full, it may be a mixture of joy and pain that we feel when we gather around the table, such as this one. Yet still we gather, because there's something sacred and holy that happens when we do gather around a table with our friends and our family. When God instructed the first Israelites to gather for Passover, as we just heard, they were very clear instructions. And it was messy what they had to do. They had, to, they had to sacrifice the animals, smear their homes with blood, roast and, and eat the meat, burn any leftover meat, be fully dressed and ready to go at twilight, no matter how much they wanted to go back to Israel, to, to Egypt, to what was comfortable before. God was telling them, there's no going back. Even now, thousands of years later, Jewish people gather around tables to remember what God did for them, leading them out of Egypt. And so we have some food here tonight that are filled with symbolism that remind us what our Jewish brothers and sisters celebrate each Passover, each Seder meal, and which also, I think, can enhance our experience of Monday Thursday of Holy Communion. So the first thing that would have been there is salt. So we have some kosher salt here. And this is to represent the tears that the Israelites would have shed as they were in Egypt in bondage. And as they went the 40 years in the wilderness, there were a lot of tears cried. So we have salt here, and we have salt water here. Both of those represent that. And we also have some bitter herbs. And we read that in a traditional Seder meal, there would have been entire leeks and whole cloves of garlic, along with bitter herbs, and we have rosemary. So these sort of things, again, they symbolized the bitterness that these people felt as they felt like perhaps God had abandoned them, as they felt alone traveling through the wilderness. Yet, 
They can now look back and remember the mixture of joy and pain that God was there with their ancestors as they traveled through. Next we have a Herosit paste that Leanne made for us. If we were at the Last Supper, if this were a traditional Seder meal, this would be a mud-like paste made with figs and nuts and honey and cinnamon. But tonight, Leanne has made it with apples and walnuts and honey and cinnamon, I believe. And it's supposed to be mud-like, like crushed up to represent the mud bricks that they had to make while they were slaves in Egypt. But you'll, you might have heard honey and cinnamon. It's a sweet dish that again reminds them that God was with them, guiding them in, in a sweet way, even if they couldn't see it at the moment. Next we have olives. I have to say, all this food looks so delicious. I don't know if y'all's food tummies are grumbling like mine. But we had olives, and olives are a predominant fruit throughout Egypt. It is an important fruit that symbolizes holiness, beauty, freshness, and it's a universal symbol of peace. And at modern Passover meals, it's become a symbol to represent the want and the need for peace between Israel and Palestine. And the last thing I want to note is we have unleavened bread and fruit of the vine. And the unleavened bread is to represent the time when the Hebrews were told to leave Egypt quickly, to not even wait for the bread to rise. And we have fruit of the vine, which we think of as grape juice or wine, that represents abundance, God's goodness and joy in our lives. And so these are just a couple things that will be around the table when you come later. So I want you to be thinking about all these foods and the symbolism, the mixture of joy and pain that the Israelites would have felt at that at the first Passover, at the Last Supper with Jesus, and let yourself go there as we continue this evening. As Kristen was mentioning, when we have these birthday parties and graduation celebrations, weddings, and all these different things that we celebrate, there's a lot of work that goes into this. And a lot of, there's a lot of work that went into this, and I want to appreciate Kristen and say thank you, Kristen, and for Leanne, for making all of this happen. Um, it's just been a, a flurry of activity, um, like everybody's life is. Everybody is busy all the time. It's just something all the time. And we can, and, and these are important things that we get wrapped up in, and the things we have to attend to, things that need our attention and our energy. And there's this wonderful occasion in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus addresses this very issue. So chapter 10, of Luke. And um, in, in beginning in verse 38, this is following um, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So keep this in mind. Uh, now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away 
Lord's word and gospel. Thanks be to God. Now this is a um, an incredibly familiar story about the you know Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He stops by and see his friends Martha in her home and her sister Mary and and their and their brother Lazarus. We know that that he is their brother from other accounts. But he has stopped here. And this is Martha's home. And she's been busy preparing the table, cooking the food, making sure there was enough bread, that there was enough wine, that there was enough water, enough food for the entire group that was going to be there. Jesus and his disciples, her sister, and possibly Lazarus. This, this is a pretty big dinner party. She's all about the house getting it ready. And she notices in the, in the room where the men are gathered for the dinner, for the supper, that her sister is there. Now we have to remember that in this time, the house was divided into private spaces and public spaces. And the public spaces belonged to the men folk. The women folk belonged in the private spaces, in the kitchen, in the bedroom out of sight. They were there to prepare the meal to serve the men. So, Mary, so Martha is looking around and she sees Mary where she did not belong. And she's also looking around at all this work that's in front of her. And she's saying, Jesus, friend, teacher, can you, can you help me out here? I've got a lot of work to do and, and my sister is is breaking all the boundaries. This is, this is out of the norm. This is unacceptable. She's out of place. And Jesus does something quite out of the normal for that time. He scolds the host. Martha, Martha, why are you worrying about so many things? Why are you worrying about your sister Mary who was chosen better thing to be here with me. To be at my feet, the feet of a rabbi, her Lord. To be in my presence. Jesus was in the business of breaking down boundaries and barriers. And Luke says this is one more occasion where Jesus breaks down another barrier because there were no barriers between Jesus and the world and all humanity, male and female alike, man and woman alike, adult and child alike, slave and free alike, Gentile and Jew alike. There are no barriers. There are no boundaries. And sometimes we will find ourselves so distracted in all these many things that we will miss the moment The moment when we can find Jesus revealed in our presence. And that's what this night is about. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples when they gathered on that table. This is what Jesus is telling us, the church today. He's present with us. And that is the better part. No matter what's going on in our life, Know that Jesus is there. Don't overlook it. Don't miss him. He's present with us. At the Last Supper, as the disciples 
were gathered around the table. Jesus did take two of the ordinary, expected elements on the table and transformed them. Hear this account from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians about what happened that night. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here today and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, 